What's up, friends and followers of War Media? This is Kyle Means. I want to put y'all up on something real cool, and that's involving our friends at TixBlitz.com, where they got all types of great offers for seats and uh, on events of all kinds. Uh, they hooked us up with a promo code that is promo code WAR, W-A-R-R. You use that and you can save 5% off all purchases at TixBlitz.com or on the TixBlitz app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all events. TixBlitz provides the same great seats as other resellers, but with no service fees. None at all, y'all. I'm telling you, this is the hookup, man. We put you on. Alright. So hook so uh, support us, our friends at TixBlitz.com and never pay service fees again. That once again, TixBlitz.com, TixBlitz app available everywhere, y'all. mic sounds nice i hope it does at least but uh yeah this uh back at it first time in uh in a little while we got our crew back in the fold most of it with a special guest here running with war on this wednesday evening it's not quite the uh the the it's not quite the the two two tuesday it's the day after but uh, you know we we running it still, as we always do. It's a special day when we get together. When I get together with the fellas, definitely. And uh, we are going to be running back what happened at the All Star break uh, in wonderful <laughs> Cleveland. Some would say wonderful. We, but we we got a representative of the land with us here in Cleveland, in Cameron Fields, and we're gonna let him explain just how the festivities were and uh you know maybe if he wants to argue on it's is uh uh it's a bit is uh qualities as a as a venture as a uh vacation spot you know cameron you're free to do that but uh we're gonna talk about like i say cleveland and and all-star festivities and uh sort of bridge that into what we think is going to go on uh, in in this second, I get it's not really a second half to me of the season because we've already played like half the games, but that this latter half, this this half where we're going to really figure things out and figure out the playoff format, uh, playoff spots, and everything, and you know, all the trades have happened now, and we we pretty much know the teams as they're going to be going into the playoff hunt now. So 
is is nothing left but to but to roll out that ball and see what's going to happen. And we're going to start our coverage on uh you know who's in the best positions to do what going forward into March and and beyond. But uh and you no know, plenty uh some uh, more uh you know interesting and fun talk beyond that. Uh again Drew in the house as usual and Gabriel Wilkins our man back in effect with us. So glad that uh to get you guys on. It's not as easy <laughs> as it's been in weeks past, but uh we, we're making it happen. But um yeah, fellas, man, just uh as we start off this show, uh yeah, you know, if you want to give your overall thoughts on you know what the you know the all-star weekend was like, what you uh what, what did you make of it? What you know, some of your your major, uh, you know, I say major take backs and everything. Uh, we can we can just dive into that, and, and then we'll uh, let Cameron go off on some stuff from the uh, from from the ground floor. Uh, I guess I I kick it off. Um, for me, just the long and short of it, the the changes they made to the Rising Stars competition made that thing. Very entertaining for me personally. I don't know how the rest of you guys feel, but um, you know, outside of, of outside of the, maybe the three point competition and the actual game, um, and obviously seeing the the guys who actually came to Cleveland for the 75th anniversary celebration, like that was the next best thing to me. Um, pretty good competition. Some guys uh, kind of playing maybe a little bit outside of their bodies on that stage, trying to trying to show out. I guess is is kind of par for the course in that type of event, but um, had a lot of fun with that. Uh, Zach Levine just can't seem to get right in these three-point contests. Of course, he was coming off uh, missing the last three games of um, the break, before the break, uh, you know, getting his knee looked at and trying to get that taken care of. But, you know, the third time wasn't a charm for him. You know, he's, he's still trying to be the first guy to win a slam dunk contest trophy and a, and a three-point contest trophy. Maybe next year it'll be – the time for him, he um, he may be he may be running the, that that big boulder up the hill with that man. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if that's gonna be meant for him, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, then lastly, just 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 the guys who all the all time greats um, and the players who are still, uh, you know, doing their thing on the court nowadays. Just seeing that that collection of of talent, the co- that collection of history. Together, man, that was special. I don't care how long it took. I don't care, you know, whatever gripes you might have. Like I was, I was all in on on seeing those guys together, and especially, of course, um, having Jordan there and having him come out and seeing him interact with Luka Doncic and Carl uh, Anthony Towns and LeBron and, and everybody in general. Uh, looking back on those pictures that that were taken in the images and the, and the videos was awesome. Um, so. That's yeah. the biggest takeaway from the weekend. And of course, there was some notable people who didn't show up, <laughs> Scotty. And uh, you know, <laughs> for what for whatever reason they didn't show up. I I think you know, I, I take away the words of what Isaiah Thomas said, I think on NBA TV uh, at the end of the night on Sunday, he, he said those people who didn't show up missed something very special. And uh, you know, hopefully uh those people who didn't show up uh, don't have too much regret about that. You know, 
if Scotty does, maybe we'll get another book out of it. But you know, I I, I think it's uh, unfortunate that you know he didn't show up in particular, and whoever else didn't show up, whether whether they have reasons, you know, I don't, I don't know who had reason to or not. But I, I'm pretty sure that Scotty didn't really have any reason to outside of not wanting things to be uncomfortable. But you know, Mike was chilling, man. Mike was there giving hugs to everybody. You know, him and Robin was was. Show, show a love to Robin, show a love to Mary J. Blige. You know, he, he was doing his he was doing his thing, man. I don't know if Mike would have been on nothing, but you know, maybe Scotty would have been if he saw him. So I don't know. Yeah, I was to piggyback off off, off of that. Just kind of disappointed in um Westbrook and, and Davis, especially not being there. I know it's it's a break from the action and the time that they're probably using to get their mind and bodies right and, and spend time with their families. But uh just on the outside looking in, um I don't think there's any way that those two can get older and look back and not wish that they weren't a part of that, you know, when they when they look back on it. That's a good point. That's some and that involves like I think like said, that's, that's part of your running uh, go ahead, guy. Westbrook had an engagement according to reports from what I heard. Um I think like a birthday in the family or something like that. And I think Anthony Day would have ever think the injury kind of you know so put a, a damper on that for him and I think he's in the midst of just trying to and get ready for that grind. I think a lot of do have legitimate excuses um outside of maybe the legends of the game maybe body on Carl Malone and Tim Duncan you know those guys not showing up was kind of a damper but I think Michael being there um so at the moment and made it even more special especially when you consider us earlier today. Um, and I think, you know, maybe the death of Kobe had an impact on his attitude, demeanor uh, at the event because I saw Michael more um, love with guys and stuff like that. You know, a shake a guy's head, even though he was talking trash like he typically does. You know, that, that was a special moment, especially with him and LeBron, two guys like LeBron in the postgame presser. You know, they don't really get a chance to talk much, and they're not always in the same arena with one another. Especially 20 years, you know, the time in which they first met up in the locker room um, in Cleveland. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, to me, that was the highlight of the weekend, followed by, you know, when he had 50 points on 16 triples. Um, that was a magnificent performance. To me, you know, he was the star of all stars on a Sunday night. And to be able to put on a show like that in Cleveland, in spite of being booed, um, that was even more incredible. Definitely, definitely. Let's 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 let uh, Cam talk now. Cameron Fields is a, a special assignment reporter for Cleveland.com, Cleveland Post. Look up the Post. Uh, God, I, 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 I Cleveland Plain Dealer. Plain yeah, Dealer. Yeah, that was, that's the newspaper. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah I, I, I know that paper for a long time. I don't know why I'm blanking, but uh, like we glad to have you on. First off, man, and you Thank being you. there on the ground floor and um you know uh, you know Cameron even though he doesn't write about basketball is, is very uh well schooled on basketball so we're gonna bring him back in the future to just talk hoops but we got him this go around to uh you know talk about you know just what it was like in Cleveland the scene and everything he covered a couple of special events himself but uh like I say from your point of view you know what was the weekend like out there you got you know, Cleveland gets a lot of uh, 
talked down upon in a lot of ways. But this is a pretty special season overall for basketball in that town, given the way that the Cavaliers are played overall. And, you know, you fold that into this whole celebration of the game being centered uh, in, in, in the way that cities are. Uh, for All-Star break. You know, you get to have this celebration going on. Everybody's in your town, all type of celebrities and stuff. And uh, and, and more than that, the the greatest assemblage of uh, basketball players ever in with this 75th anniversary team. So, you know, you can go in any direction you want as far as, you know, your takeaway from the week. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just great to see the the city shine on, you know, a national stage. I'm from uh, Twinsburg, Ohio. It's about 30 or so minutes south of Cleveland. Um, but, you know, my, my roots are here. So it was just so great to to see the city, you know, put on, you know, put on for the nation, put on for the league and, and put on for the globe. I mean, you know, my my dad, he's from Cleveland Heights. My mom is from Warrensville Heights. Uh, both east side suburbs of, of Cleveland. And, you know, it was just like every time I, I like drive in, you know, downtown, it's like that, that you know, this past weekend particularly, I was like, wow, like this event really is happening um, in my city. So that was like the, the great part, particularly because, you know, you got the Joe Kim Noahs of the world uh, talking about uh, no one, you know, vacations to Cleveland. So, that anytime I see that video, I just kind of like cringe. But I covered the um, Cleveland Power Sports Summit. It was an event that focused on diversity and inclusion in sports. Um, that was it was a series of events where there were like different panels. Um, there was like, you know, you people could do like different um, like you could go to different exhibits, like do different, uh, you know, demonstrations like yoga and stuff like that. And it was just, yeah, a real cool event to see because you had people like Cavs coach J.B. Bickerstaff there. You had Mayor Justin Bibb there. You had the current police chief, uh, Wayne Drummond, there uh, on panels. And you had Congresswoman uh, Chantel Brown there as well. Uh, former NBA player Sam Perkins, uh, he was there on a panel. And so it was just real cool to see, you know, people talk about things such as, you know, improving the relationship with law enforcement. And, uh, you know, citizens of Cleveland, you know, in terms of how can we make that relationship better? Uh, that was a real cool conversation. Another one was about the Ali Summit um, in 1967, uh, where, you know, Muhammad Ali and then Lou Alcindor, now known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and then Bill Russell and Jim Brown and a few other athletes and other, you know, key players in Cleveland were, you know, they came together. Uh, Ali, you know, he was... He was, um, you know, a conscientious objector and they were for the Vietnam War. They were questioning whether, you know, he was like legit, like whether his you know, beliefs are legit in terms of not wanting to go to the Vietnam War. And once they, you know, heard from him and heard that he was legitimate about not wanting to go uh, because of his beliefs um, and he, he was with the Nation of Islam, they, they stood behind him. So, you know, just seeing, you know, that history uh, there, you know, I, I like history a lot. Uh, was real cool to see. But, you know, the downsides, you know, it's February, so so it's cold. <laughs> it was it was a cold weekend. Um, you know, you got the wind blowing off the lake and oh my gosh, it was it just was not a fun time weather wise. Um yeah. other than that, Cleveland really, really did its thing. 
over the weekend. And I, and I think it's been real cool to see that, you know, Cleveland has shown, you know, we can, we can put on for these, you know, larger events, you know, even though we don't have like the biggest downtown area, we have the space, uh, you know, like the Huntington, uh, you know, convention center. Um, we have, we have like the different spaces where, where people can go and, and, you know, come together. So, you know, I think it's just good to, you know, see that Cleveland can put on these big events. Uh, you know, I had the MLB All-Star game a few years back, had the NFL draft just last year. Um, and we even had like some, MB- yeah, I mean, some uh, NCAA games uh, last year as well during the tournament. So it's just cool to see uh, Cleveland starting to maybe get some respect uh, across the nation. You know, ain't nothing wrong with Cleveland. You know, I got, I got some extended family out there and, you know, it's not we we you know Midwest. We hold each other down. We we like to yeah. mess with each other because you know we got our our rivalries and stuff. But you know, hey, hey you know when it comes right. down to it, you know Cleveland showed a lot of love for Mike. Uh, when we you know going back talking about Mike and him showing up at the at the arena, it was sort of surprising that for some, you know, how much love he got. You know, given how much he tormented the Cavs, uh, you know, throughout yeah. his career, but. Yeah, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, we hear a lot of the same things about each other in Chicago that we do in, in Cleveland and Detroit and Indianapolis and stuff. So, right. you know, we we back each other up when it comes down to it. You know, you, were you were you in Chicago a couple years ago for the All Star? No, I wasn't. I was. Uh, I have a friend who lives in Chicago. I was there just last summer uh, visiting him. Uh, we will. He he lives like in Indiana, but. We went to uh, Chicago for you know like one night. It was real cool, but um, but yeah, and I wasn't in Chicago for All Star Weekend. The only All Star Weekend I've been to yet is actually yeah the one in Cleveland. Yeah, other than that, I've never been to any other ones. Yeah, well, I, I just brought that up because you know we had to deal with that too. Like we, it was it's February, February in Chicago, so it was cold. Right. As hell. Cold <laughs> when we had it too. But the thing is with with cities like ours. We gonna have stuff for you to do inside, because <laughs> we, we all we all know you gotta be inside at this time of year. So, you know, we we just you know we just put up those events and 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 those people from L.A. or Miami or whatever they could they could be cold for a week, you know, for a few days. They could, right, yeah. They gonna complain, but you know, in the end, it, it's only only these things only happen once a, a decade or two. So you know, you gotta take advantage of them. And, and and it looks like the the next two years I'm not gonna be in any rush to to yeah. well, I, I, Salt Lake City I I think I don't think I'm gonna make any moves on that one but Indianapolis in a couple years should be a, another uh, situation that I'll I'll try to hit up so uh, you know it'll be interesting to see how people react to those cities as well for sure yeah both uh both very cold in the winter so. We'll have yeah. to see how it goes. And I wonder what kind of cultural uh, things that Sully's... I know they, they had it there 30 years ago, but the, the things were a lot different than the All-Star game and the, the week the, the week overall, the way that it, it sort of played out. Was, it, had, it had to have been different then than it was now as far as like the, the club events and the, yeah. the, the way that people socialize today right. as opposed to back then, you know what? We'll see how uh, that'll be. I think that'll be an interesting uh, 
sociological study next year. <laughs> what what they call Black Thanksgiving in in uh, Salt Lake City, you know. Yeah. But Gabe, you you want to jump in on that? It's funny you bring that up. It's funny you bring it up, Cal, because it's a guy that I was real tight with who used to play for the Spurs. His name was uh, Jonathan Simmons because I covered him in a ball up million okay, dollar yeah. yeah. And we linked up about five years ago when he was in the league after a Bulls game. And he was telling me about how when he was playing in Salt Lake City during the summer league, how, like that was one of the roughest times in his life. And, you know, he was saying he, he had talked to an all-star who had signed um, on a vet men deal. And I don't I think you could guess who the all-star is because he's well accomplished and he's still playing um, and he's in his 40s. And he was talking about how, you know, the only reason why he signed there really was for basketball-related purposes. And, you know, you know, had another team that became with the print the 25th hour, he would find elsewhere. So, you know, I, I know some guys that have played in the league, former, who really that fond of Salt Lake City. It works out too. Although I'm definitely excited about Indianapolis getting a chance to host it, especially with that being um, a place that likes to consider themselves as the birthplace of basketball and whatnot. They have a rich history. I'm pretty sure they'll put yeah. on a good show. And in Indy, Indy, one one thing that you can't say about Indy is that they're not used to hosting things. They host stuff all the time. You know, they, they just hosted the national championship game. Uh, in football, you know, back in uh, last in the last month here in January, and you know they typically host Final Fours and all type of basketball related events. So, yeah, it's gonna be. I'm, I'm looking forward to that definitely. A couple of years, if, if something happens where next year I'm able to get a credential or if somebody flies me out to Salt Lake City, you know, maybe maybe I'll make that happen. But if I have to foot my own bill for the whole way, I don't know if that's gonna be the move. But uh, before we before we have to get Cam Cameron off, man, uh, let's let's just take it back to take it, you know, to the ball, to the court, you know, straight up and uh, get your thoughts on those Cleveland Cavaliers and what they've you know, done this year. Really surprising a lot of the league and they're in they're in that top four in the East competing with other surprising teams like the Bulls. And, uh, you know, they have a chance. You know, with this young talent mixture that they have to really make some noise this year, and they're even starting to get maybe some overtures back about bringing LeBron back. It's like, you know, th- this this really was a perfect weekend mixture for for Cleveland of old and and of past, present, and future. Because now they could look like, you know, not only do we got it going on now, we may even we may get LeBron, we may get Bronny. We may get all all everybody playing in Cleveland in a couple of years, and it's gonna be popping again, uh, you know, by Lake Erie. But you know, uh, you know, what, what what do you think about the what's going on so far? What do you think about uh, you know how things? What are your expectations as this guy gets coming out of the the All Star break for this group? Yeah, I mean, they've been a complete surprise to me just this whole season. I thought, like you know, at best they were potential play-in team, but uh, they're, they're a lot more than that. Uh, I think that, you know, they, they got to get healthy right now. They got some guys who are, who are out, you know, Darius Garland, he's been, you know, out here and there. I know uh, Karis LeVert, he's out tomorrow for their game too. Um, so, the, so they got to get healthy a little bit. But uh, I think once they, you know, do get healthy, 
um, and get ready for, you know, that playoff push. Uh, they, I mean, they, they could get to the finals depending on how the matchups are looking to me because I don't think that any team is that strong in the East, you know, at the moment. Um, you look at all the matchups in the East and all of those, I think, could go either way, um, you know, just depending on how things go. Like, I think this is a real big year in the East where, like, we just got to see how things go because Miami, to me, even though they're at the top, they're they're still beatable. You know, I don't I don't think that they're necessarily um, all the way like championship caliber. But I think that the Cavs have a good chance of at the very least getting to the Eastern Conference Finals with what they have. They have a great rookie in Evan Mobley. Uh, that's a future superstar right there. You have first time all star in Jared Allen one of the best uh, defending big men in the league, one of the best, you know, like pick and roll big men in the league. And you got all these other good pieces. Like you got, you know, a vet, a good vet, like Ray John Rondo. You got uh, Laurie Markkinen. He's had a good season. You got a good vet. And Kevin Love, he's had a, a great resurgence just playing off the bench. Uh, Chetty Osman, he's uh, really starred in his, his role. So, they got a lot of good, nice pieces over in Cle- at, you know, over with the Cavs. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do come playoff time. Hey, yeah. How has the city respond? How has the city responded to them? You know, given the uh, the disappointment of the Browns and you know the Indians yeah. aren't uh, what they, the now the uh, the Guardians. The Guardians. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, you know, they they got their name changed finally, but not much going on beyond that. How how is uh like say the Cavs coming in and, you know, having this surprise season as it affected the city. Yeah. I mean, there's, they're rallying behind them. I mean, like we always say like, Oh, this is a Browns town, but the Cavs, even when, you know, cause I cover, I helped cover the Cavs for a little bit. Um, the 2019, 20 season, even when they, cause they were bad that year, they never had an attendance issue. Like the Cavs have really never had an attendance issue regardless of their record like people come out they've always pretty much came out you know as long uh, as long as i've been alive you know i've been alive i've been you know on this serve 24 years and you know came up with lebron the lebron era um people have came out and supported the Cavs in, in droves i mean and that's just shown in the parade like that was one of the the craziest days you know like uh, over a million people in downtown cleveland the streets were flooded with people um, I mean, so people really do love the Cavs here. I mean, yeah, I feel like, you know, it's always going to be that Browns town, but but people love the Cavs here, especially this season. You know, they they've really rallied behind them and they and they love the team. So. But Drew, you had a question, Drew? Uh, more like a comment, um, just just in, in terms of uh, I, I don't know if, I, if I'm rating him too high or maybe. It was because it didn't happen at the deadline, but more so like a, a week ahead of time. But I don't feel like the Pacers picking up Levert got enough attention or enough buzz or enough um, light as I think it is. I mean, Cleveland picking up Levert. Who did, who did I say? The Pacers picking up. Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> Cleveland Cleveland picking up Levert um, just, just because of the, the scoring dynamic that he gives that team um, in tandem with Garland. Uh yeah, he, he makes them so much more yeah. of a threat. Like I think the national picture is, 
it's the Nets, the Bucks, the Heat, the 76ers, and then everybody else, you know, the, the Bulls and, and Cavs uh, kind of lumped in together there. But I, I think that Levert makes them so much more dangerous. Um, what was the – was there a, a different type of feeling in the city uh, with that with that trade? And nah, yeah. I think people really love – yeah, people, yeah, really liked uh, picking up Karis Levert. I mean, like you said, he he's one of the most underrated scorers in the league. And he's got a great off the bounce game. He can get pretty much anywhere he wants, you know, in the mid range area. Uh, just a very talented scorer. So he really gives them, especially on the wing, like he, they needed a lot of punch on the wing because Isaac Akuro, very great defender, um, but, you know, not where he needs to be right now offensively. So they needed that, you know, scoring punch on the wing. Laurie Markinen, he's not really a scorer like that. He's more of a stretch four type. Um, but, I mean, I, I think that – I agree, yeah. I think that picking him up propels them to that Eastern Conference Finals territory in terms of, like, their ceiling. Like, the finals, uh, it, it's not – I don't think it's totally out of the question, but I also don't think it's, like, that high of a chance. I, I just think it's, like, a very – like, um, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they made the finals, but I'd be, like, a little bit, I guess, just because it's, like – you know, there's a lot of other good teams in the East. So, well, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned the matchups, and um, yeah, that that's something I agree with you a lot on, man. I think the matchups it will depends, be key. Yeah. And you know, whether you talk about who has home court or who who will be in that sort of two to a two three range, where you're gonna you're gonna have to like like if you're the if you're the one seed. You know, you can you can stay away. What you stay away? Who you stay away from in that second round is going to be big, and it, a lot of that's going to depend on how much like uh, the Nets are going to be able to rise up out of that back half. You know, because you uh, if you if you wind up facing the Nets in the first round or the second round, you kind of screwed. You right. may be screwed, but you know if 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 you're a young team like the Cavs. Or a team like the Bulls, who don't have a lot of uh, playoff experience with each other, you know, you may have, you yeah. do have, we do have some playoff experience sprinkled up, sprinkled around, but not as a unit. So, right. it, uh, you know, we 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 gonna talk a lot about that in the weeks ahead. But you know, I don't I don't want to hold you on too long, Cam. Uh, again, man, I appreciate you coming on, and yeah, I, I definitely want you to come back on and and just talk some hoops with us at. At some point, for so. sure. Thank you so yeah. much for having me on. It, it was great talking with you, y'all. Yeah, I mean, I know I've been in yeah in the spaces with you all for a little bit, um, here and there. Yeah, we but, appreciate the support, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It was great talking with you guys. But let let people know thank how you. to follow you and, and and see your work right quick. I put a, I put a link up to your story about the Power Sports Summit in our okay. uh, in our comments, so people can check that out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can uh, follow me at, at Cameron Fields uh, underscore on Twitter. And then um, if you just Google like Cameron Fields Cleveland dot com, then, um, you know, you'll get to my page on Cleveland dot com where it has all my stories as well. That's what's up. Support this brother. Uh, it's not easy being a young black man on a, uh, a major metropolitan newspaper staff. So, uh, you know, Show us some love for that, and uh, you know, wish you the best. Uh, keep going, man, and 
And uh, yeah, we'll, you. we'll uh, get up with you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, it was great talking hoops with you guys. Yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah, I can do it in the future too. Yeah, yeah you definitely, man. You're welcome. Welcome to join us anytime. Thanks, yeah. Tom. All right. Thanks, y'all. Have a good All one. Right. You too. All right. You too. Thank you. Uh, again, Cameron Field. We go. We go. Uh, you know, uh, run, run it, run it, uh, uh, run it more. <laughs> uh, you know, going uh, the next fifty-five minutes. I'm, we gonna get off before snowfall go on. Come on, so I'm, I'm assured of that. So, but we got a, we got some stuff we gonna get into uh, with Gabe and Drew here. Uh, we, uh, Sean Terry. I was hoping to have him on. But uh, he he may be stuck on baby duty for the for the rest of the show, so I don't know if he's gonna be able to come on with us. We'll we'll check with him sometime down the road. You know he's he's in Cleveland too. He was on he was fortunate enough to be on the show that we had before All Star Week, so uh, you know we did check up with him then. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we 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 sort of started to get into it with Cam, you know, talking about. The layout of the East and everything. Uh, we get you know get back to action tomorrow, uh, league wide, and the Bulls gonna be playing the Hawks tomorrow, among other matchups. I don't know, Drew, if you got anything you want uh, you want to get into, uh, you know, uh, like I say anything off the top that you want to get into that uh, that you're looking at. Yeah, man, it's just we we touched on a little bit just in terms of kind of zooming out of the Eastern Conference playoff, playoff picture as it stands right now and how, like, there's no pushovers uh, to really be had in that in that top eight. Um, even even depending on if somebody sneaks in through the play-in, like, it really, it really isn't um, sweet out East, man, at all. Um, and kind of zooming in and, and looking at how that affects things going forward with the Bulls, with them uh, – getting Tristan Thompson on the squad and uh, having to kind of reacclimate guys like Patrick Williams and Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball back into the lineup. Hopefully, eventually, you know, knock on wood for them. Um, you, well, Drew, Drew, right quick, what do, you, what do you think about what the Bulls have done? Because we, we pretty much – they pretty much done what we expected them to. And, you know, they went to the buyout market and got a big man. You know, did do you think they got the best big man they could get? I, I think so. I was um but Tristan Thompson and Robin Lopez were the two guys that I was hoping they were looking at. And for them to get Tristan Thompson, a guy who um is a better rebounder, who's younger, who has, I believe, more playoff experience, definitely more championship experience, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and still definitely has more left in the tank, especially if he's only going to be asked to play kind of a secondary role to Vucevic and to be able to spell uh, Vucevic for stretches during the games. I, I think they absolutely um, hit the lottery, so to speak, in, in getting Tristan Thompson to to sign here. And it's, it's it speaks to how much of a difference, uh, you know, two years makes where, you know, the Bulls would never in play for – for a guy on the buyout market, because why would they be? They never were really in contention to to do anything. But uh, yeah. why would them kind of staying at the top of the Eastern Conference for the majority of the year? And you got the Rosen playing um, 
at an MVP level. Whether or not he gets it, that's one that's that's one story. But he definitely is is playing um, worthy enough to be considered. Um, it just it just speaks to how far they've come in in such a short time. I don't think I expected them to to do this. Uh, I, I thought they you know three maybe best case scenario, four or five. Um, kind of like what I was more so looking at, but uh, they've done well for themselves, but they got a hell of a stretch coming now. And like, like we talked about yeah. these, these variables with, you know, Zach Levine got this uh, plate, platelet-rich plasma injection that a lot of guys in the past have gotten. Kobe's, Kobe had gotten it in the past, Brandon Roy, um, some other guys. So it's helped them to – had helped them in, in certain stretches, but, you know, they're going to have to figure out how to manage his back-to-backs and – just seeing how it um, how it reacts to games now moving forward. So it's it's, it's some variables in there, man. Um, we still don't know exactly when guys will be back, how they perform when they get back, um, and like we spoke to, it's not a whole lot of wiggle room in, in that Eastern Conference. You know, you go on a on a two, three, four game losing streak, and you might find yourself in, as a fifth or sixth seed. So it's, it's going to be here. Uh, right, right now, you have uh, seven games separating the Heat and Bulls atop the, you know, with the best records in the East and the Nets seven games behind at in the number eight spot. But from number five up, there's only a two and a half game difference. Mm-hmm. So, like you say, there, there's going to be a lot of movement in the next month and a half. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's, I, I I feel good though about the team because of the way that they ended that stretch going into the All Star weekend. They they're currently on a five game streak. They won seven of the last ten games, so they're not they didn't fall apart in the way that was really feared. You know, in that latter half of January where they really was, you know, they weren't stopping anyone and they weren't playing very aggressive ball and. They weren't playing very confident ball in a lot of those games, but they got back to it in, in the early half of February, and I, I feel much better. And, and again, knowing what the the uh, timetable is now for the returns, you know, I think if if you can get two of those guys that would that we hope to get back on the court uh, in the second half, you know, talking about Caruso and Ball and Williams, if you get just two of those guys ready for the playoffs uh, in a fully formed fashion. I think they'll be the team that they need to be. And, and I, I again, I don't see them dropping out of the top four, regardless of what the schedule is and how tough it is. I see them playing well enough to stay in that top four. And when you look at them being a 23-8 and eight team at home, as opposed to, uh, let me look right quick, 15-13 uh, and 13 on the road, it would be nice to for them to have a home court advantage, to say the least. So, uh, you know, I, I think they will be determined enough to do that. And, um, you know, I, like I said, uh, you know, God willing, they stay healthy enough. That uh, there, there isn't really many teams that I think can beat them on a given night. Yeah, see, I kind of go back and forth, man. It's like when I want to fix my fix my mouth to say, yeah, but they ain't got Giannis. They don't have, you know, proven playoff performers like Giannis or KD or Kyrie 
um, who but actually they got motivated people though. They got right, motivated. That's, that's 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 my that's my second yeah. mind. Man, they still got two of the most lethal scores in the NBA. They still have two guys in Caruso and Ball who went on the court together and and they're playing the way they have been playing um, earlier in the season. Their defense, you know, was top ten. You know, maybe yeah. outside of top ten, and it makes Vucevic look so much better because it's. It's, it's, it's a style of defense that's more suited to what he's capable of doing. Not to mention what you just said. This team may not – what they lack in playoff experience, they more more so to make up for in the size of the chips on a lot of these guys' shoulders, man, um, between DeRozan and Vucevic and their playoff struggles. Levine never have made it to the playoffs. Aldo Sumu uh, being passed over team after team in mm-hmm. the draft. Um Man, you you name it, they they've got it. Um, guys wanting to prove themselves. So, as much as you know, in a series against the the Sixers or the or the Nets or the Bucks, they may not have the best player on the court. They still have, I think, enough. Where it's it's definitely not going to be easy pickings for their opponents. It's just going to come down to what it always comes down to: being able to execute. Um, not turn the ball over, uh, making your free throws, which is another uh, boom for them with the rolls and the, the amount of times he gets to the line and um, how well he's able to knock them down. So it's kind of that give and take where I'm kind of in the middle. Like, you know, they they definitely will be up against it depending on how things break, but they also have, I think, enough to – to challenge those teams and give them a run for their money, if not beat them. And Drew, and will Gabe, I'll bring you into this too. But okay, like if you look, if you look at the looking at the standards right now, the Bulls are, are like I say that they they have the tie for the best record, but they would fall in the two slot because they lose the tiebreaker to Miami as of now. Now, so that would put them in the first round against the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Now, I think. As, as good as the Raptors have been and much as they've overachieved, probably as much as that, any team outside of the Bulls and the Cavs, you know, I think that's a wonderful first-round matchup for them. But we, you don't have the security of, of knowing that easy 2-7 to seven or 1-8 to eight slot, you know, anymore with the playing games. So there's a chance that they could see the Nets or the Hornets or the Hawks as well as as the standings currently lie, or even the Wizards. The Wizards can play themselves back. They're pretty close at 11. I think outside of that, you pretty much don't have to worry about anybody. Uh, the Knicks, Pacers, Pistons, and Magic round out the Eastern Conference. But, uh, you know, out of the possible matchups, what would be the ma- – and, and we, we can include, it, include all those top 11 teams because, okay. again, the Bulls could – play down to three or four or five or whatever. You know, what would be the one team that you would look at and be like, God, they, they going out in the first round if they see this team. The the Bulls are going out? Yeah. Oh wow. What's what's the nightmare team that you wouldn't want to see? I, mean, I think the night the nightmare is if 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 Brooklyn somehow yeah. doesn't push up, which I think is even even less of a possibility because I'm I'm hearing news now that they might lift that that uh, mandate in New yeah. York. So, 
It's all just real silly to me, man. This whole thing with not being able to play home games, but guys coming in from out of town can play. It's just weird, man. But it uh, it, really, it was it was. It, I didn't I didn't notice how stupid it was before. I just was more hung up on the on the the Kyrie aspect of it. But it really like uh, yeah. Why would you let opposing players from outside of this of that that area that tri-state area come in? And possibly infect your your people, but you won't let someone who, you know, for better or worse, they're being careful amongst themselves. They may have ideas that we don't agree with, but he's he's be he's been living in your community, and he and and as far as we know, he hasn't set off any alarms in his behavior, and he hasn't set off any uh, outbreaks amongst himself. So you know you. you they probably been safer this whole time, letting Kyrie do his thing than letting the dozens of dozens of people who were also doing the same thing as Kyrie, but doing it in God knows where, come into New York and come out and, and just be free to do what they want. It, it didn't. It don't make sense. Yeah, yeah, man. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. But I think, you know, Brooklyn has to be the 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 top answer for for the question that you just posed. Yeah. yeah. They gotta be. I think Atlanta might be a close second. Although I will say, you think matchup wise they would be that matchup wise because I think possibly. But I, I like the fact that they've got three guys in Caruso and Dusumo and um, Ball who can stay attached to Trey Trey Young on those pick and rolls that he's so deadly with him and John Collins or um, uh, Oneku. Am I pronouncing his name right? Yeah, you talking about their backup center? Yeah, backup. yeah, yeah. Capella yeah. and um, Neku, I think Clint, is. Clint gonna play the five. You know, you know, Clint gonna start. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah Clint, they start in the center, but yeah, sure. yeah. but oh, but oh, will be their backup five, and, and he will be a guy that will be a nightmare, especially with the, with the Bulls being so thin in, in the front court. You know, if guys like Tris get into foul trouble. And Vucevic is off on a given night. Clint could dominate that matchup, and oh, and they could they could get a bull some problems in the interior. I think that yeah. would be more problematic than Trey. I, I believe that you you can let you can live with Trey cooking up, but you get you can give them different looks. I think with the bigs, they might struggle a little bit. It depends, you know, if Vucevic isn't on his A game and he's in foul trouble, and Trish gets in foul trouble, then you you know you might have a rough game or two with Atlanta. But Brooklyn is definitely a team I don't think the Bulls want to face, especially in the wake of what happened in January, even though that team was completely different and you had James and um, and Kyrie and KD all on the floor together, which was the last time I believe they were all on the floor together. But that's not a team you want to see. You got a Ben Simmons that's on a mission um, to prove himself. You have Seth Curry, who's one of the top all-ball players and, and, and playmakers in the league when it comes to knocking down shots. That team could get Cam Thomas. It could come from anywhere on any given night. And then, you know, Kevin Durant, you got to throw him multiple looks. And on the wing, even though the Bulls have, you know, multiple wings they could throw at them, I mean, these aren't guys that have been battle-tested in the playoffs. So Brooklyn's damn sure not a team you want to see in the first round. I don't care who you are. I don't even think Miami. I don't think Miami want to yeah. see them. Yeah, I, I, I think my, Miami been kind of laying low. I think as far as criticism goes, like Miami, they are a good team, and but I think even less so than the Bulls, they've been 
They haven't been. They haven't like some people have talked about the Bulls, and other people have been like, "Ah, oh, the Bulls ain't the like." People haven't been that way with Miami as much. So, you know, I think there's a possibility for them to be exposed, but I no maybe not. But I think definitely that would be the case if they was to see like if, if they were to if if there was if that was the one eight matchup, I would bet Brooklyn a hundred times out of a hundred to beat Miami. And you know that's that's just the way I feel on that one. But you know, uh, outside of outside of what 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 I want to what I want to go to you to which you gave mm-hmm. uh, sticking sort of with Brooklyn is that the early rumblings reports out of Brooklyn, you know, it seemed to be positive. Like a lot of people are like who have been looking at the team and practice and stuff, they're saying that. You know, uh, Ben Simmons is making a difference right away, even, you know, uh, in the way that the team is relating to each other and the way that they're working with each other. Like, is that surprising to you in any way? Or what, what, what do you think about that? That's not surprising to me at all, because ever since Ben Simmons has stepped foot in the league, he's made a tremendous impact on every team he's been on. I mean, you think about what he did in Philadelphia, his rookie season. You know, he took a team, even though Embiid had a tremendous rookie season five years ago, he took a team, you know, on a hot streak in the second half of the year where they won like 17 in a row. And they were running, you know, great plays out of dribble handoff situations and and, and making things happen in fast breaks, creating turnovers and whatnot. And they looked like a team that was poised to make a deep run in the Eastern Conference his rookie year. So everywhere Ben Simmons has gone, you even go back to high school with Monverde, He's always won. He's always been a team first guy. He's a guy that's easy to play with. He's so Ben Simmons is unselfish to a fault. And you know, and I've had the pleasure of being around Ben Simmons, watching him go to work. You know, when he was all American and when all American games were here in Chicago alongside of Brandon Ingram and all those guys. And I never heard anybody throughout that camp say a bad word about him. So he's always been a team first guy. And I know he's rejuvenated, I'm pretty sure, you know, coming off of a trade where, you know, Prior to it, you had people calling you out, you know, whether that was legends of the game like Shaq, fans alike, and Twitter. You know, you you can't you can't sit up here and, and not be motivated if you're not Ben Simmons, you know, to go out there when the, when the time comes to compete and the ball is up, um, seek to make a difference on his next team. And I think the league should be concerned because anytime you have Ben Simmons paired with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, his number one weakness, which is shooting, you don't really – he don't really have to shoot now. All he got to do is just run the break and, and ignite the break or finish it, which he can do with his athletic ability and, and defend. And he's going to take that defense to another level because now you're talking about a guy that you brought into the building who can defend one through four, if not five, depending on how small teams are playing. So I, yeah. I think it make a difference off the bat. Yeah, and I think Gabe, you Gabe, you might get at me because I'm. I swear, it's not a shot at James Harden. I swear, but <laughs> I, I feel like they, because they not only got Ben Simmons, but they also were able to get Seth Curry and, and Andre Drummond, two guys who feel needs for that roster with with Joe Harris, uh, Joe Harris's injury, and I'm not even sure if he's going to be back this season. And Drummond just being somebody that can clog the paint, um, is going to rebound, is going to gobble up so many extra possessions. Uh, for those guys, like I feel like this, this team is maybe even more dangerous than it was with Harden. Although, you know, we know that those three guys only played 16 games together, uh, you know, 
had their, their playoff run last year, uh, were hampered by injuries, uh, KD's feet, you know, touch, toes touching the line and all this other stuff. But um, what Marks did to get the package that he did for Harden, I thought was incredible. Um, and I know Maury might have been kind of pushed to the wall. He didn't – not that he got uh, the short end of the stick, but um, Brooklyn, I think, just did very well for themselves at the trade deadline. I think it was best for both sides, to be honest. Yeah. I, I think I think Maury got the guy that he wanted. I always was an adamant person about Daryl not you – know, like I always said it on NBA Twitter for the longest. I said he's not going to trade Ben Simmons unless if he gets an all-star player. And it's more than likely an all-star player that he wants in return that he has a history with. And him and, and him and James have always gone way back. And, and I think it works best for both sides. Only thing I question with Philadelphia is, is how do James and Joel mesh with one another? Mm-hmm. James is used to playing with a pick and roll big, you know, whether that was Clint in Houston, whether that was Nick Claxton in Brooklyn, and, and even, you know, Bruce Brown in, in, in short pick and roll dump offs and whatnot when they went small. Now he has a big that can command the ball, and he doesn't really have to do too much to set him up. He can just get out the way. And I wonder how does James react to that? I wonder how does James play off of that? Because there's going to be some nights where he may not have his shot going, and he's going to have to, you know, rely on MB and vice versa. But I think that's an interesting pairing. Um, I think he'll thrive with Joel, and I think he's excited to play with Joel based on what he said and, and hearing the rumblings that I've heard. So I, I understand what you talk about with Brooklyn. I think that they uh, have become a more balanced team. Um, I, I wish that it would have been able to work with those three guys all together, knowing that they have history and whatnot, and they really were willing to make it work. But I think some some things got in, in the way with that, it was particularly between him and Kyrie, and that's what led to the trade going down when it did. Yeah. Yeah, I said it on – uh, the the on the night of the trade deadline, we was reacting to everything. Like, I I think both both teams did what they needed to do, and they got you know they got what they wanted out of the deal. Whether or not they come out of it better, that's still we have to let that play out. But in the moment, they did what they needed to do to make the deal that they needed, and for, I, I you know I, I applauded them for it because. There were other teams out there who needed to make deals, like the Lakers, primarily, who couldn't get out of their own way, and they, you know, fumbled fumbled away opportunities that they had. So instead of getting that, letting the ego get caught up in the egos and all that, Maury did what he needed to do with, and he worked with Marks, and they got the deal. And and, and I imagine for Maury, it wasn't that easy because so much of the conversation surrounding him was that look. You ain't gonna get the guy that you want. You ain't gonna get nobody. Just abandon ship, and you know, give give away Simmons to whoever. Lord knows who the Sacramento or who you know, and all these other teams. Like people, people just begging for him to make this trade. But he's like, no, nah, he held on and he got the guy that he wanted to get. So you no, know, now we get to see, uh, like you say, we get to see what that Philly team is with. Uh, the two stars that he wants in MB and uh, and and Harden, and you know, well, uh, it's it's gonna be interesting. Like, I want to get into the West right quick, but before we do that, I want to I want to throw this to you, Gabe. Like, what do you think that top four is gonna be in the East when we get to the playoffs? What what would you, what would how would you think that's gonna fall? 
I'm gonna be honest. I, I really don't know. Um, hmm. it, it depends on the week, and it depends on who gets hot at, at the right time. I think March is gonna be a very critical month for the top four teams, whether that's uh, being right now, currently Miami, the Bulls, um, the Sixers, and the Cavs. I, I think you you know you have one bad week in the East, it it could set you back, you know, a great deal in the standings. So, and you look at the Bulls. They got Atlanta coming in tomorrow night. Then you got to deal with Ja and Desmond Bain and the Grizzlies and Jaron Jackson Jr. on Saturday night. That's a big-time game. Yeah. Um, you also got Utah um, coming up on the schedule. Their, their schedule is not getting any easier um, towards the second half of the season. They got a game with Cleveland going down, I think, on the second Saturday of March. That's going to be a big-time showdown game um, in the division. And, and you got, and then you got Milwaukee. You know, still in in the mix, and and all of these teams, you got three teams in the East, three through five, sitting two and a half games behind both the Heat and the Bulls. And Milwaukee there. technically makes it the top five because they're tied with they're tied with Cleveland in the loss, you know, loss uh, column. So exactly, yeah. Just, it's, just just a quick just a quick aside. Tankathon has Milwaukee with the. Toughest schedule going forward, and the Bulls mm-hmm. are number two, I believe. Yep. Mm. So, yep. Well, yes, you said, Drew. They they got they and got a tough schedule ahead. So let me let me pull. I know you're trying to get to the Western Conference. Let me pose this to you guys. Uh, knowing knowing what we know about the Eastern Conference and, and the lack of wiggle room in there, but also knowing what's going on with Zach Levine's knee, how do you guys play that? You just you just make it as simple as possible. If he's feeling any type of distress, you just you sit him out. I think no, no back to backs. No back to mm-hmm. backs. Leave, leave that, leave that alone. And yeah, whatever. Just stay. Keep the keep the conversation open. Keep the the communication open. If he feels, you know, if he feels any discomfort, yeah, sit him out. You know that, and you know, take it easy on him. Like that's. That's really the guy, you know. Unless anything drastic happens around the rest of the team, that's the really the guy you got to watch out for at the moment. Yeah, I would rest him on back to backs. Um, that, that it would be no discussion on that. Um, mm-hmm. Just watching him and the way he was moving because I was at the last game he played against Minnesota. Okay. You could tell something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, just when he landed on that dunk, uh, when he got on a breakaway, he just he just didn't look good at all that night. So I I, I would rest him on back to backs, especially. Um, looking at where we are in the seeds and whatnot, if, if I was in the Bulls front office, just speaking from that perspective, I would rest him on back-to-backs, and I would ask him how is he feeling on a daily basis because when it gets to the playoffs, um, it's going to be all gas, no breaks, and they're going to need him. They're going to need him. Yeah, and I think they got four more back-to-backs left, and like yeah. two of them are with Milwaukee, I think, because they got three games left against Milwaukee in total. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man. Yeah, they got uh... – yeah, like uh, you know, Gabe went to it, but like like you said, the Hawks tomorrow, uh, Grizzlies Saturday, Heat Monday. That's gonna be in Miami, and uh, Hawks in uh, Atlanta on Thursday, the week from tomorrow, and that back to back. That'll be uh, they'll be playing back at home the Friday, uh, the fourth against uh, Milwaukee. So yeah. Well, it's gonna like I say it's ramping up. This is it's that time of year, you know. And and the Bulls, you know, just a quick note, they're the only team in the East with a winning streak uh above I think two games right now. Let me make sure. They have 
Yeah. The the only other team with a winning streak right now in the East is uh the Hawks with two games mm-hmm. and the Bulls have a five game streak. So, you know, uh it, it's 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 really has the feeling of like a whole no new season starting uh coming out of this this all-star break because of the way that the standings are bunched and everybody who was in that top 11 really has to feel like they, uh, they have a chance at the playoffs. But I um, want to say something real quick though. If that top four stays the same in the East going into the playoffs, yeah. imagine if you're Milwaukee and you're the defending champs and you have to open up round one on the road and clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is is a, is a top notch defense, and Evan Mobley, he's another guy kind of like a Ben Simmons. He changes your culture. He's a guy that you know who defensively can make such a significant impact on your team, where he can take you places where you probably didn't even think you could go. And I think he's been a huge difference maker in Cleveland. Everybody talks about Darius Garland, and, and he's been great, you know, in a pick and roll game and whatnot. And he's grown immensely. But Evan Mobley, to me, is a guy that. More than likely going to be the first rookie since Tim Duncan to make an all-defensive team and um, easily the rookie of the year right now. I don't know how you don't give him that award. Yeah, Yeah, definitely, definitely. Cleveland, Cleveland's been in the house, man. It's, it's like the old bone song. Cleveland is definitely <laughs> in the house. You know? so, <laughs> we'll see how those, they can keep it up. And uh, they, But they got they got a lot of talent on that team, man. So, uh, I, 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 I do want to, you know, like I say, make some mention of the West. I, it's, it's, it seems like a lot is unsettled out there. You know, you do have the top, though, the top teams, but you got the Suns now dealing with Chris Paul being sidelined. And, uh, you know, I guess that's a good place as Eddie to start. You know, the Suns, 48-10, best record in the league, you know, six – you know, surprisingly, six and a half games even above the Warriors uh, coming into the break. Like, you know, they came into the break with a seven-game win streak. You know, what do we what do we think about? You know, what's going on with the Suns right now that they have to play in the immediate future with without Chris Paul? You know, what type of impact is that going to have on that top of the West? I don't Dave. think. Much. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna get it. I, I really don't think much, but I, I will say this though: if you, I know Phoenix kind of maybe having to look back, if, if it does go bad, and wonder should we have made a play at Goran Dragic mm-hmm. um, because it's going to put a, a bullseye on campaigns net. Um, because with him having big games coming up, and he's been talking a lot of trash, you know, talking <laughs> about how you know Lakers not a threat, we the top team in the West. Well, now you got a bullseye on your back because you got to lead the offense and ignite it. I think Devin Booker will help keep them afloat a great deal. I think you're going to see his numbers start to pick up. I think Mikael Bridges will start to step it up more. I think Jay Crowder will start to step it up more. DeAndre Aiden, you start to see more 20 and 10 games from him. But Chris, losing Chris for six to eight weeks, that's going to be huge. Um, I still think that they're the best team in the West because as a unit, to me, they're the closest team in basketball, and it yeah. showed. You know, in the fourth quarter, I, I wouldn't bet against them, but I think that's where they're going to miss Chris Paul the most because I, I, I've seen him, you know, dating back to when he was in Houston. The way he's able to lead teams 
um, and make things happen in the pick and roll and get to his spots, they're going to miss their dearly. Um, but no, nobody executes a half-court offense better than I don't think so either, uh, especially with the money on the line. And I, I like the way that they were playing and they were clicking, and it, and it couldn't have came at a worse time for them. But I, I think they managed the, the, the whole serve. Um, the team that I'm more intrigued to see and how they are able to play going into the second half and if they could get their two lead guys back is the Clippers. Mm. They're sitting at number eight right now. Look, yeah. You look at that, those playing spots right now, you got the T-Wolves at seven, Clippers at eight. And, and I, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Gabe. I think they're eight and rising. Uh, Lakers are at nine and the Blazers are at ten. And you got the Spurs and Pelicans on the outside looking in two games outside of the Blazers. Yeah, and I think I just saw that uh, Nurkic is going to be out. I don't remember the reasons why. Yeah. Um, there you go, my man. Um, so that that mean, I mean, really, yeah, we, we how much can you expect from Portland at this point, you know, given what, you know, what what they've all seen with injury-wise, they had to shut down Dame, and now they got their big man out. You know, it's, it's going to be – you know, maybe Anthony Simons might average forty the rest of the year. Yeah, Anthony Simons, you know, but you know, I don't know what what they gonna do as a playoff team or a prospective playoff team at all. I think another team is knocking on the door to getting that ten spot, and I think it's I think it's gonna be between San Antonio and New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Orleans, the way C.J. McCollum has been rejuvenated going down there, uh, playing next to Brandon Ingram, a guy that should have been in the All Star game. Uh, I don't know how he didn't get consideration for that. I think that's something when people look back at this season, they're going to regret that. Um, I expect to see big performances from him as well. Um, Herb Jones, you know, the, the, the rookie wing out of Alabama has been very nice for them as well. You know, coming into his own defensively and even offensively, I, I, I like what they've been able to do um, there. Yeah, granted they're missing Zion and, you know, some question marks regarding his future there and whatnot, as well as his health, but I, I think they're playing for it. They're really playing for it, and I can I can see um, Willie Green and his coaching staff, you know, seeking to um, make some things happen over there. But that's my thing. That's my thing with with New Orleans is like, do you, do we think they're maybe in some way going to be galvanized by this Zion stuff and be like, well, we know he's not fully in right now, so let's just make the best of what we got. And you know what, what do we what do we think about all that? Like like, like you know there was the issue earlier this week about him not talking to to McCollum. You know, uh, uh, reportedly that's been cleared up since they've been on the phone with each other. But i who knows how that conversation went. But you know, regardless of, of of how civil he is with his teammates right now, you know, McCollum is he's playing and Zion isn't, and you know. What, what what do you make of that? Well, I mean, you can't play with foot injuries. I, I think yeah. it's unfortunate that, you know, he didn't reach out to CJ right away. But I'm, I'm glad that they rectified that. And I understand why some guys, especially in the New Orleans media, are coming down on him and even some of the national. But then again, we're talking about a guy who just turned 21 years old and was just given the keys to a franchise right off the bat and – wasn't able to necessarily lead them out the bat right away as he dealt with some injuries then. And, you know, had a great second season last year, put together some impressive numbers on the way to his first all-star appearance and showed that when healthy, you know, he can be a top 10 or 15 player in this. But 
I, I mean, do you, do you think he's do you think he's been resentful that he's had to bend in New Orleans? Partially so. Um, because when you looked at the lottery eyes during that time, which was 2019, if I, I can recall when he came out, everybody was looking at New York as the landing spot. And to me, me personally, I, I know I, I had podcasts about this when I was back at DePaul. I always said the two teams that I would have loved to have seen Zion fall into their lap at the number one pick was New York and, and Atlanta. Hmm. You know, you think about a market like Atlanta that hasn't really had a, a big time superstar in it since Dominique Wilkins. Now, granted, Trey Young has evolved into that, but at the time, I thought, you know, you put those two guys together, you know, you could do some scary stuff out there. And, and, and it would make Atlanta a very interesting place to be as a free agent. Um, New York, you know, as well, needing a big time superstar. So I, I think it was some resentment um, there, knowing that Zion has been um, a big fan of the of Madison Square Garden and whatnot, and being on that East Coast and the ACC country with Duke, you know, where you had some guys that were, you know, at Duke that made it, you know, that were former Knicks and whatnot. So I, I think. I think those two teams were definitely on his radar, but I think it's a lot of things. When guys get hurt, you know, that that's tough to deal with, especially when you a guy who came in with so much anticipation as Buzz as he did. But if you're New Orleans, what do you have to lose by playing for a play-in spot when you've been in this abysmal state since Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins didn't work? You know, you got to do something. If you're Trajan Langdon and, and David Griffin and, and Swing Cash in that front office group in New Orleans, that's a good point. Drew, you got anything to add on that? Not on not on the Zion aspect. Um, I, I don't I don't think his teammates are taking anything kind of like a we'll, we'll show you type of attitude to it. I, I don't think that he doesn't seem like the type of dude that, regardless of of what's coming out, what's come out recently i don't i don't think he gives off that type of energy like it's about me yeah and 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 maybe it's not necessarily like because uh, again you know i'm sure players understand the situation that he's in it may be not necessarily an anti-zion thing but an anti everyone else i mean you Uh, know teams whatever they have a chance to be to us against the world you know they're gonna play that and i think a lot of the national uh narrative is is like you know New Orleans is second rate, yeah. you know Zion don't want to be there. <laughs> who do, who do they really have there? What type of future do they have? So you got these these group of guys, mostly young guys there right now. Who's like, look, we gonna show y'all what we got, and we gonna play into play into this playoff. So that you know, or at least into this play in, you know. So yeah. that that could be that definitely could be the case for with New Orleans. Uh, that the reason for them to look at them. You know, for, for the rest of the season, you know, you you're right. You know, I took your, I took your question the wrong way. You did say guys. I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't explain it. <laughs> no, no. But you, I, I, not that I, I see what you're saying. That that definitely can come into come into play. Um, and I think both of you guys separately are making making a good case for the Pelicans to, like you said, sneak into that playing. Um, like Gabe said, with the way that Brandon Ingram is playing, the way that McCullum is playing. Um, I could definitely see that happening. You just, and and then say so you look at that bottom of the West is bunched much like the the East is the top of the East because like yeah. you know you got the Pelicans and Spurs at twenty five. They 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 both they both twenty three and, and uh, thirty six. 
and the Lakers are 27 and 31. And, you know, like, like I, I, I think the Clippers are playing themselves out of that group. They're two, they're like uh two and a half games above the Lakers in the loss column. So, you know, I don't know any 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 of the other teams as as I look at these these teams out here, you know you got like I say you got the Clippers at eight Timber Timber I think the Timberwolves may be interesting at seven, you know I, I'm 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 kind of you know uh you know a little wishy washy but I'm 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 trying to see where they fit in, but uh, you got the Nuggets at six Mavericks at five those are two teams I think are going to stay in that area right there, and and you got the Jazz, Grizzlies, Warriors, and Suns, you know, reason, reasonably, reasonable to think that they will stay in that top four in some fashion. Yes, I don't think, unlike the East, I think that top four in the West is locked. Like, it's yeah. changed who's in what position, um, but I think those top four are, are here to stay. One thing we need to mention is that not only is Chris Paul out, but Cameron Payne and Landry Shamit are also injured, I think at least for the next, or going to be out for at least the next two weeks. So, I don't know if Devin Booker is going to have to brush up on his point guard skills because, like you guys spoke about, Chris Paul not being there, it, it, it takes one of the best decision makers in basketball off the court. It, it takes one of the best facilitators off the court. A guy who, you know, a guy in, in DeAndre Jordan who depends so much on other guys setting him up, you know, who sets him up now, uh, who, who orchestrates that half-court offense other than Devin Booker. Like, that's a lot to put on – on Booker's shoulders uh, moving forward. Um, but other than other than Phoenix, the two teams I'm really looking at is Memphis and, and Denver because I think that there's a chance that Murray could be back before the season's over, if I'm not mistaken, and maybe outside chance of uh, Michael Porter Jr., although back injuries, it's tricky, very tricky. And he's had a history, so. Yeah, but I'm I'm really interested in Memphis because they don't know no better, man. They they go zero sixty. They they coming at you even with really? out earlier in the season. They strung together six seven, eight game winning streak. Um, granted, some of the teams they played were going through COVID injury related things, but still to to get that to have the record they do with their best player off the floor just speaks to how much. You gotta look at them as. You got to look at them as the Phoenix of what well, Phoenix was last year. They could possibly be this year, and just be a complete disruptor, and 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 maybe take the whole conference if they if they feel able to. But you know, uh, again, you know, maybe positioning the count. I don't know, if, but I don't know if this is a first round matchup that they're going to be worried about. But you know. Really, that I, I I just look ahead to that play-in scenario and in the West and anything involving the Lakers is it's just gonna be over. It's gonna be overdrawn and overhyped, but it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be candy for us, man. Everybody talking talking ball is just gonna be wrapped up in what what what's what the Lakers are doing and what what are they close by? Who are they gonna play in that first play-in game? Then who they who they play in that second playing game, and how how will those matchups, you know, play out, you know, with those top teams in the West? But and 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 more so than last year, those matchups may not mean a damn because of how good Golden State and Phoenix is as 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 individual entities. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I think really the drama goes from like I say in the East, the drama goes from top to bottom. 
it's kind of the other way around in the West. It's going for the drama goes from the bottom to the top. I agree with you there, especially yeah. when you have the Clippers and the Lakers both at eight nine respectively. And if the season were to end the day, the fact that you have the Clippers son playing in round one, which would make for a Western Conference Finals rematch in round one, and if you had a healthy PG and Kawhi in the fold, that that's a hell of a series. But for me, I, I I think I think the top three spot in the West are for lot. But then when I look at that fourth spot in the West, that's that's for grabs. If I, if I'm Denver, I'm looking. I'm like I'm only three games out. That's we can get that. If I'm Dallas, you know, who's been playing some incredible basketball lately, and Luca's been, you know, putting up triple-double numbers, you're only a game and a half back of Utah. And to me, Utah is a team that's built for the playoffs, I think, better this season than in the last couple of seasons. However, that, that fourth spot, they're going to have to work for it and, and maintain, you know, to, to stay there. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, so I, I think that fourth spot is still, is still up for grabs. I think even a third spot, depending on what Utah is able to do, even though they've been battling through some injuries as well and, and trying to, you know, see how they can shore up some debt. But they had like a real rough stretch, you know, in the wake of um, Donovan Mitchell having a concussion injury. But prior to the All-Star break um, coming, they looked like they were starting to find their footing again and playing um, some top-notch basketball. This, this is my last question about the West. If – if say things like 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 we said before, they they play out the way that they are now, and uh, you know Phoenix stays in the one, and Golden State stays in two. Now you know Gabe Gabe talks about the entry that could happen with the fourth spot, and you talking about you know Utah or maybe Denver or maybe Dallas. If you're one of those teams, do you want do you would you want more to stay in that fourth spot and possibly face <laughs> go, you know what I'm going? Go, go to state the second round, or would you want to be like maybe let's chill in number in the sixth spot and, and see about Phoenix in that second round? Or, or not, not Phoenix. Uh, go to state. Go to state. Yeah. I mean, I, I put it like this: If I was in that four spot, and I was Utah, and in the matchup state, the way that they are right now, you got the Clippers and the Suns. I would be like, yeah, I like that. Hmm. I, I, w- I would like that even – and if I'm Donovan Mitchell, I, I would be like – I'd be looking my chops at that four spot because even – like Utah and Dallas, to me, that's a series – that's going to be a hell of a series. Um, for it's, Like if you like offensive basketball, I think you're going to get your money's worth there. And that's yeah. a series I can see going six or seven games. But I would still give the other hand to Utah because to me they're the more battle-tested and experienced team. And I think they're the more tougher team. Um, you, Dallas is a team for years – since Luca has led that team into the playoffs back-to-back years, I've questioned, you know, their toughness in the interior. And can they really maintain that level of defensive play that they've been able to show in the midst of them winning games consistently? Um, because their defense really has been not there the last couple of years, and they're they starting to get better. But I just got to see more from them in that group. But I, I, w- I wouldn't mind being in that fourth spot if I'm Utah at all. Because anything can happen in a Clippers and Suns matchup with all hands on deck. Anything. So you you counting on the Clippers kind of beating up, beating up the Suns, if not beating the Suns, if, if you're the if you're the Jazz. I wouldn't I wouldn't count on it, but I, I wouldn't say that it's um out of the question if those two yeah. guys could come back healthy Man. and with that group that they have, and then all of the pressure that would be alleviated off of them defensively. Because now you got Robert Covington in the mix. You got Norman Powell in the mix. 
you got shooters there. And one thing we know about Tyron Lue and the playoff time, when it's, when it's time for the playoffs in any game, even in the regular season, him and Nick Nurse are the two best coaches when it comes to making adjustments on the fly. And they don't they don't mind tinkering with lineups and game plan. We saw it last year in the first round when he put um, Batum in as the five to play Porzingis out of the game. You know, he did that time and time again, and it worked. You know, he's all—he's never been afraid to make adjustments, and whether he's down 2-0 in the series or 3-1, he's proven that he can get help guys get back in series by putting them in the right position to succeed. Yeah. You talk about teams that you don't want to see in the first round. Even right now, I wouldn't want to see the Clippers, really. But if you get, you get one of those big two-backs, or, or how, how, what? What has been? What has been the news around? Is, is it possible that both of them could be back this season? I think so, based off what I've been hearing, based okay. off what I've been hearing, and the way and the way the Clippers management is, is felt, and what I've seen across Twitter, I think it is a possibility. You know, I, right I saw the clips. I saw the clips when Kawhi was at the NBA seventy five event, signed in one of Rick Barry's books, and he was like, "Man, I'm I'm trying to get back out there now." Mm. You know, he sounds like a guy that's really hell bent on trying to make the most of what he can. With this season, if he's healthy, man, you know, like to me in the playoffs, you need your stars there. You need, you need, you yeah. know, that's good for the league. So I, I, I would hope that he's serious in what he said when he said, "I'm trying to get back," because he, he sounds like a man that's definitely determined to. Yeah, yeah, that's a team. That's a team that's got better. They got better over the trade deadline. Yeah, even with limited resources, mm-hmm. and to bring those two guys back with mm-hmm. what they got there. And please, <laughs> and these young guys are growing. Luke Kennard's having a career season. Terrence Mann mm-hmm. is having a career season. You know, um, Zubox is pl- is playing well. You know, Hardenstein is a backup five. That team competes like they prior to the All Star break. They gave the Suns a run for their money without Kawhi and PG in a real yeah. good game on Tuesday night, a couple of days before the um first half of the season concluded. So. Yeah. I, I really like that group, man. Especially with T. Lou, who's definitely gonna be determined to prove. Um, that this group is 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 for real. Yeah, just looking at uh, basketball reference, they got Paul George out a few more weeks, and then just the update on Leonard is he could return this season. So, yeah, man, they man, <laughs> that's, <laughs> they, they, a definitely, that's definitely a team that could shake stuff up in that West. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff we could get into. But uh, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna hold off for now. Uh, so there's you know I, I think we, we can still bring up some stuff in the I might we might I might do a Twitter space before the end of the week too. Maybe we can get into some other stuff. So check us out on War Media on Twitter. That's where we uh, host those. Uh, but uh, I, one thing I want to do, like I said, I, I want to get off by nine because I want to watch uh, the season premiere of Snowfall and. <laughs> And 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 a, a real interesting thing that I saw, I, I read a review for the new season on uh, AV Club, and they and this is you know for us being basketball heads and historians, uh, you know check check this out. This is how the season uh, apparently is starting. Uh, the this is like I say from the AV Club review, uh, the fifth season of FX Snowfall. Begin, kicks off in 1986 at the University of Maryland. A few young men are partying in a dorm room, uh, in their dorm room, and one of them in particular is indulging in every line of coke he can find. If you're a sports fan or have seen some 
historical documentaries, you know what's about to happen. And uh, yeah, I think we all know. So uh, that's pretty heavy, man. Yeah. Starting off with Lynn Bias. <laughs> Yeah, and like tying that into Franklin Saint, like, <laughs> like, no, what are you doing, man? They, <laughs> man Frank David, man, Franklin is he, 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 he crossing the point of no return. I don't, he, 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 he getting too mean on it, man. I don't know. Hey, I, that's the game, though, man. Like, <laughs> we, yeah. we, we think we seen the metamorphosis, man. Like, this, this ain't the same Franklin Saint from. From season one and two, man, he was getting pumped to school board no more. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> getting whooped in the alley for his little coat. <laughs> that I, I I ran through that show, man. I caught up in the past couple months, actually, and you know that's that's a damn good show, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this season plays out. That like I said that review that I've cited. Uh, says this may be the best season yet. Oh, so, wow. uh, yeah, definitely, definitely check that out. And uh, like I say, just incorporate something like that for you know that that cross section of pop culture and and basketball. That and that brings me to another thing that we're going to, have to talk about soon is the L.A. Lakers series mm-hmm. that's going to be on HBO. Like, there's been there's been a lot of buzz about that as well. So. Uh, it's uh, interesting stuff on TV coming up right now for if basically real life basketball and stuff, uh, you know, uh, stuff, uh, you know, playing to the history of basketball that, uh, you know, we all can uh, take in. For sure. For sure. But yeah, fellas, y'all got anything else uh, on your minds before we sign off? No, I'm just looking forward to the season ramping back up, and it's going to be a, a, a fun ride, man, going into these playoffs. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's always nice to get that break. You know, I, I, I've i enjoyed that with the three days, but once the season goes back in, in full swing starting tomorrow night, um, it's definitely going to be interesting, especially with all these matchups and these first-round matchups that are going to be very intriguing. Both the East and the West, no matter how they you start to get withdrawal, like you, like you try to get off that that powder. <laughs> <laughs> I need some more hoops. Give <laughs> <laughs> me all Franklin. Right. <laughs> we'll be checking that out too. Snowfall is one of the best shows on television to me, so I'm definitely gonna be watching that one. Is this the last oh, season? They say it's gonna be the last one. I'm oh, not man. sure. I don't. I haven't. I haven't heard that. No. I don't think it can be. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's getting. But you can. But you. But you can tell it's getting close to the end. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, it's. It's only so like. like yeah, it's, it's only so much. Like that's the part. That's the part of like in the review where it says like you getting too big now. You 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 affecting too much. Like you're not just slinging your little dope in the hood now. You like say you got future NBA all stars. The. Uh, Dying off your stuff, man. That, that that's not gonna work. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we we'll see, man. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, yeah fellas, appreciate y'all, man. Another great time running with y'all. Uh, like I said, we'll be back soon. Uh, next week we'll have another new show planned on it. And uh, uh, in the meantime, we may, uh, like I say, do a space or two just to get some other stuff off the dome. I want I wanted to talk a little bit about. Some of the uh, 
the Naismith, the Hall of Fame fi finalists and everything, but uh, other stuff like that. Oh, and uh, no, definitely some. I think we're going to talk about next week is the ESPN, how they listed the top 76 players. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that people, a lot of, there've been a lot of opinions on that. So uh, we, we probably had to mix that up a little bit when we get uh, some of the other guys on as well. But yeah, uh, but now though, we just going to wrap it up and chill. And like I say, get to that snowfall and uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy uh, the Bulls again, going back at it, at it tomorrow with Atlanta uh, and uh, the rest of the weekend there. I, like I said, I think actually with that Saturday game, don't hold me to it 100%, but with that Saturday game, probably before the uh, the Memphis game, I think I may uh, have a space there for, on Twitter. So, like I said, keep follow us at War Media on Twitter, and you will know when we go live on there. So, uh, as otherwise, War Media on Facebook, on YouTube, if you, you may be watching this on YouTube. So this is where you watch us uh, when we go live on these shows and everything else. Just keep keep uh, looking for the logo, and uh, we'll uh, keep hitting you with that hotness. Uh, Gabe, you see that tag there, what Gabe said. Follow him on Twitter. And Drew, look what Drew did. Follow him on Twitter, as many are. So, uh, you know, don't miss out, man. They got great, great basketball knowledge. Is is at your disposal with these two, so uh, make sure you take it well. and yourself as well. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, if I'm not talking me. about wrestling or big movies, <laughs> 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 <The> humility. <laughs> nah, man. Hey, hey, we just we just keeping it keeping it a hundred, keeping it having fun. You know, mm -hmm. trying to get through uh, you know this these dreary days. So, mm -hmm. but. Uh, this is, like I said, this is another good show, guys. I appreciate it. Anytime. And um, in the meantime, y'all, keep bouncing. We'll holler at y'all soon. <laughs>